Welcome to the Down to Business Podcast with Alex Kirby, where entrepreneurs and small businesses come to stretch themselves and grow their company. From interviews to in-depth discussions, you'll learn how to market effectively, increase profits, and become the leader your company needs you to be. Now, let's get down to business. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Alex Kirby with the Down to Business Podcast. Hope you're doing great today as you're listening to this episode, hopefully on a Monday. We drop uh, episodes every Monday, but if you're listening later on, we appreciate you coming back to it as well. My name is Alex Kirby, owner of Trifecta Landscaping and Pure Media Solutions out of Columbia, South Carolina, and you are listening to our podcast on Spotify, Apple, or anywhere else you somehow found the podcast. Today, I've got a great guest on our show. Hope you guys have been enjoying the guests we've been having, first off. Um, we want you guys to have some input on that. So if you will DM us on Instagram or email us um, to the podcast, we want to hear some subjects that you guys are interested in. But today I have a great guest here in our studio, Mr. David Smith of Murphy Business Sales. And I am excited to interview him and, and just discuss um, what he does for a living now, which is help businesses be acquired and help people find businesses they want to buy. Um, he has done this for my family personally. He sold uh, my parents' business here about eight months ago. Um, very wildly successful, good process. And he's done it for dozens and dozens of people here in the Midlands. It's what we call the middle of South Carolina. So um, you guys tune in here, strap in. We're going to get going here. This is Mr. David Smith. Hey, thanks for having me, Alex. Yeah, David. So tell us a little bit about yourself, David. Um, we really like our listeners to understand who they're hearing from. Talk a little bit about your background and what led you to doing what you do today. Well, my background is I've owned several businesses myself, several small businesses. I've sold several small businesses myself, so I could really relate to people in the small right. business world. I got to the point that I decided no more businesses, but I loved the entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. But I had small businesses, so this kind of scratches my itch. Right. I'm able to look at a lot of businesses, you know, help some businesses, you know, give them guidance and direction, but I get to meet a lot of interesting people in business and and you know, the rewarding thing is when I can help them. And sometimes there's just times where I have to deliver some bad news. Mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I bet it's a really good feeling. Um, you know, me, I come from a pastoral background. So scratching an itch is something I say a lot about this show. This, yeah. the, the, the Down to Business podcast helps me help scratch this of teaching people. I just love helping people. And, and that's something that you do. Absolutely. I mean, let's I talk about my parents for just a moment. Uh, my parents owned a business for 37 years, um, a trades business, just like most of our listeners here. Most of our listeners are tradespeople or entrepreneurs who are about to start a business. And they were ready to to be done with it. And not because of anything, not because of anyone, but because of, you know, my dad. My dad's body was ooh, shot. My dad's 59, about to be, he just turned 59, I believe. And then, yeah, he did just turn 59. And then my mom, uh, 56, I believe. But, you know, when you've seen people, when you're in the business that they were in with auto repair, you're really like 10 years older than right. your, your age allows. And so you were the person that helped them sell their business and find the right person. And I am proud to say that not one employee has left their business since they sold it. Isn't that, that right? That's fantastic. Not yeah. one has left. So that transition is always the scariest. You don't want people to be scared of the new owner, which goes to a credit of you finding a right person. So, um but anyways, so I think what's so interesting about what you do, David, is let's use them as an example and talk about it in all the other areas of people you've helped. You know, they owned a business and ran it themselves for a long time yep. and did well for themselves. 
but they needed a way out that made sense and that they could retire and feel they still had, you know, enough to to do it on. And you were able to help them in that process because it's a scary thing. Like, can you talk a little bit about some of the fears you hear from people when when you're talking to them about maybe selling or buying a business? I'm sure well, it's one of the most intimidating processes. Your, your, your parents are absolutely the perfect example, S- simply because they're one of these that's owned the business 30-something years. It becomes part of you. Oh, yeah. You know, it's your legacy, the employees of your family. So the big thing to get over is the emotional aspect of mm. it. Yeah, there's some people that literally cried for the, at the signing at the closing table because it's thinking, "Hey, this is my legacy, Man, my past." It's like a piece of your heart. Yeah, and to their credit, you know, and especially in the services industry, they took very good care of their employees. And right. for everybody listening, you know, to sell a business, it's a lot easier to have a staff, an experienced staff that comes mm. in. Gosh, you know, your family business had for experience for four to twenty years. Yeah, that's kind of unheard of in the automotive yeah, industry. It was. So it really made it an easier one to sell. They had a great business. They ran a good business. And more importantly, they kept very clean books and records. Yeah, let's talk about that, David. So the reason why I want to bring on the show so people understand is a lot of people, uh, several people that I've talked to over the last several years of owning my own business, um, you hear these horror stories about they spent 30 years doing a business and then they just basically closed it because they're like, I don't have anyone to pass it off to and I have no idea how to sell it or I couldn't sell it because I didn't have good books client data, anything, a website, anything. And so what what I think is interesting is the things that you can maybe provide to help people understand, look, you know, you don't have to have a big business to sell your business. Right. You, know, you sell, you were just telling me, tell, tell, tell on the show about the one, the one man band uh, HVAC guy you were just talking about. Yeah. I've got to have a business listed. I have some interest in it. It's a guy that he, he works by himself, very lean, very profitable. He subcontracts all of his installations. Mm-hmm. The challenge is what does he really have to sell? He doesn't have a website. Right. He doesn't have a lot of preventive maintenance contracts, or he doesn't. He doesn't even have a branding. You know, wow. he doesn't have anything on his truck. Right. It's a one man show. Well, I have some people interested, but it's it's a challenge because they have to have to be the exact right person. And honestly, it's not the way you want to build a business to sell. But he has been successful. And okay, it is definitely right. going to take less money because he doesn't have a brand. Right. So how do so okay so let's how do you build a business to sell then? Well, I think the first all the, the first advice I give anybody is clean books and records. Okay, yeah, QuickBooks or something like that. QuickBooks, you know, almost anybody can afford a bookkeeper. I said maybe I should say they they can't afford not to have one. Can't afford not to have one. That's good. That's the best. That's the number one thing I see, and I see a lot of businesses, some very profitable businesses, and I will tell you. 75% of the owners don't know their books. It's wow. kind of surprising. But entrepreneurs in general are big picture guys. Yeah. But it does cost them in, in the end. I mean, it, if companies making half a million dollars, they don't have a bookkeeper. And that baffles me. So explain <laughs> So explain to our listeners, I understand why bookkeeping is important. To why when you go to sell a business, your books are important. Because basically the books are the Bible. I mean, right. like it doesn't matter how much money you said you've made or how much you can show on a piece of paper you wrote down. They're not buying that. There's no proof in the pudding, right? Well, two parts of that. They're not buying. They're buying what they can see on paper. Right. Now, our job is to find the stuff to, to add back to your income, which would be you know, the seller's incomes, insurance, if you pay for your personal car. So we're good at maximizing the value, but we can't add anything we don't see mm. or you can't verify. Right. And so cash, a lot of people want to, I call it tax avoidance, want to take cash. But unfortunately, that's the worst thing you can do. 
if you're within 10 years of selling your business, and I'll give you a little bit of simple math, you, 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 you say, put a cash away, a dollar away, you save 30 cents, maybe 35 in a worst case scenario. Well, that may cost you $3 on the value of your business. Mm. So it literally takes eight to 10 years to make up for taking cash. So to- one, yeah. So you're saying because like, because a lot of people in our you know industry that I'm in landscaping, they take a lot of just cash under the table and they're like, well, I don't want to pay taxes on it. But what you're saying is, is, is actually every dollar you take under the table is $3 off the table that you could have got when you sell your business because exactly. of the value growing. Wow. That's so interesting. See, if that's where people have to have the long-term, you know, perspective, because again, I, a guy with three employees who has two crews, who's doing like, let's use landscaping or HVAC, for example, as long as his books are clean, you know, and this is, this is the person listening that I want to talk to. And I'll, I'll, I'll say it specifically here. If you're making a hundred grand in salary, that's a, which is great but you can't sell your business at the end of it for a hundred grand as a bonus to yourself. Basically right. that's a crying shame to me. Yeah. Is it not? It is. Unfortunately, I run into that way too often. You have a story lately that that's happened. I have a guy that uh good business is able to sell it, but it was, but not for near what it was worth. Mm. And I don't think he's being malicious or trying to avoid the IRS, but he, he he's a simple man that had, had was great with his hands sure. and great technically. We had a business that repaired, you know, sub-zero freezers. Mm-hmm. And he ran everything he had through his debit card. I mm-hmm. said, I went to meet with him. I said, where do you, I don't see, I see your lifestyle. They got a nice house, a nice car, right. know, several other properties. Oh, so we paid for all his personal bills off his business credit, debit card? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he ran everything through that, including, you know, grocery store trip, believe it or not, a trip to Italy, Right, everything. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a true story. It wasn't yeah. a conference, I'll tell you that. Yeah. So when it came time to sell, I had to meet with them. This is where we you know, do our work six or eight times. I kept saying, I know your lifestyle. There's more money here. So it slowly reveal these things to me. And I was able to, to, to put a value together for the business, but he probably left 30 to 40% of the value on the table. Wow. But it's simply because he did not keep good books and records. Didn't have a business debit card and personal debit card split. Yeah, a lot of that's that's important. I I talked to a guy. Um, I do some business coaching with landscapers specifically uh, across the country and really across the world. We I do a guy in Canada, a guy in Australia, and one of the guys I was coaching was saying the same thing. And I explained to him, I was like, "Bud, you cannot pay your mortgage out of your business yeah. for your house." It's like. First off, the IRS is going to destroy you if they ever find, you know, they're not really worried about the little guys too much. But and then secondly, what you said is is if you ever try to get anything out of it, you're right. Shows your business is worth little to nothing. And and take it one step further. If you were to get financing with the SBA or anybody. Oh, what's the SBA? Explain the SBA. Well, the SBA, they're they're champions of the small business, so they're a little more flexible than your traditional bank. Okay. They still are going to look at your, you know, their government guarantees. That's why the banks can stretch a little bit more. So the SBA is a small business loan place for buying businesses? small business administration loan. And probably where 80% of our stuff goes through, to be honest. Okay. So they're a great resource, but they're still going to look at your books and records. Yeah. And so if you don't have good books and records, no matter if somebody will pay the price you want, which they probably won't. Right. But if they will, you're not going to get it by the SBA because they're going to look at the, they're going to look at your cash flow and you know, can you can you pay the debt? Can you, you know, pay it back? Yeah. yeah. And and unfortunately, a lot of people get stuck at that point. 
Hey guys, this episode is brought to you by Brand Buzz, bringing you the very best in promotional items and branded apparel. From trade show giveaways to creating the ultimate customer experience for your business, nobody will help you more than Brand Buzz. Pop-up displays and banner stands to promotional swag, creating the ultimate customer experience package is what they specialize in. Make sure you go to brandbuzzswag.com to learn more and use the Trifecta 5 promo code if you're contacting them through Instagram or anything else. Thank you, guys. So... Let's let's talk a little Shark Tank type talks here. Okay. What can people expect to get? Um, let's say your business. Let's just use a hypothetical situation, right? Five hundred thousand dollar gross business. Yeah. Two hundred thousand dollar net income business. And in the book, let's assume the books are clean. The book QuickBooks or a bookkeeper's been doing it. The taxes are right. Everything's good. What can someone realistically in this market? Just like real estate, it's going crazy right now, right? So in this market, whatever that means to you, you tell me. Expect for a $200,000 with a good brand and a good website. All the boxes are checked, right? Yeah, if I had to just do a ballpark. Ballpark, yeah, yeah, not specific. Because we do do an extensive valuation. There's there's like 40 factors that become involved. If I had to throw a dart at a board, it's 2.6 to 3 times. Okay. Your your, your net earnings, which means you add back to the bottom line, your tax return, the owner's salary. So, so roughly five to six hundred thousand in that scenario. Yeah. So the reason why I asked that scenario is I think a lot of listeners have no idea that they can actually get that, and I want them to, to oh my gosh, like yes, I need to work on profitability in my business because here's another thing I hear a lot, and you probably do too. Well, I'm not my business won't be for sale for another eight to ten years, even if I were to sell it. So why do, I'm just going to take out as much money, take on buy as much stuff as we can, or what you know, the spending doesn't really matter. And you're yeah. like, no, no, no. They're looking at your profitability from forever. They're yeah. looking at your books from how, how far back do they normally look? They definitely look back three years. But the reason you want to start getting your books straight to begin with is you never know. Just like I use an athlete, for example, you know, an aging athlete, they, they may lose their arm overnight, right? Right. You, know, you played baseball, so yes, you appreciate do. that. Well, there's some people that think they're going to run their business forever. Then they just absolutely burn out, which is really between that and retirement, the primary reasons they they sell. That's they interesting. They think so they're going to be there 10 years from now. Say that one more them. time. The two primary reasons people sell is retirement and burnout. I did not even think about burnout. That I, is so interesting. I have two listings right now I'm actually showing, and both of them you know, or, or burnout from the day-to-day grind of the business. You know, If they could just sit back and sell and do nothing else, they're great. But the, the, you know, all the... You know, dealing with employees, taxes, QuickBooks, you know, mm-hmm. uh, just all that, you know, the inventory. Right. This one guy has a great business. He's been at 16 years. He said, I can't take another day of being in the office. Has he been getting, has there been a lot of inquiries about his business? Yeah. He has, now, what he did does have is great books and records. Oh, good. So he's got a lot of South Carolina as well. Yeah. Yeah. So wow. it's a really good business. And I've got a, had a lot of inquiries, a couple of showings, but he's just ready to, to yeah. get away from the day to day. That's interesting. I, I, cause I want to talk about that a second because in a lot of services and trades, burnout happens. And so you're saying be prepared for when that may happen to you. I mean, yeah. that's what you're saying. And, and I, I think that's why I wanted to have you on the show, Dave. And I really appreciate you being here because it's so important to be prepared for things you don't think you have to be prepared for. Being prepared for the unexpected, the, you know, the horrible family death situation, and you just can't go to work anymore because you're, you know, Maybe that was something you started with your grandfather, the business, and you're just, it's too painful. Um, I, I just wish more people would think, and, and maybe I'd love to hear, like, think ahead a little bit. Well, you know, you hit on a couple of points. You don't want to, you don't want to go morbid here, but what 
what happens if you get hit by a truck mm-hmm. or what happens if you get incapacitated or, or you can't work any longer? Right. You have a business that's making, say, a hundred, even two hundred thousand a year. All of a sudden, income is gone. Right. If you have it structured properly, you could be sell that sell that right. same business for several hundred thousand dollars and take care of your family. Right. What's one of the? Uh, do you have a fun story about a business you sold that you never would have believed that would be worth that much money? And then, do you have any yeah. any interesting stories of a sale you've had recently? I'd love to hear one. Well, you know, I had, I had a, I sold a pest control company that was a fun one. I went there. I showed up to his office. And this is one case where he had not, he did not have good books and records, but he had a, he had a lot of contracts. Yeah. So at first I said, what can I do with this company? And I said, well, let me call some of the major pest control companies. And his books justified about one hundred and fifty thousand, one hundred twenty dollars to $50,000. I sold it for $600,000 wow. because he had good contracts. contracts. Yeah. That's, was that here as well? That was, uh, yeah, that was here as well. And the guy was about to retire. Great guy. Love Over it. pastor. Yeah. And, and he was he was shocked at how much money he got. So wow. that's fun. That's, yeah. that's, that's life changing. And that, that's kind of like, that's what I'm saying is, especially for service and trades, you know, a lot of, you know, you make decent money or good money for a long time. I just feel like it's such a reward to be able to sell your business and have that last check they give you and say, hey, you know what, put in your retirement or go buy a lake house or, you know, instead of having to just close the doors and liquidate right. all your assets and and that's what I want our listeners to hear, you know, who are even 25-year-olds listening to this, is start preparing. I always say this, make your business sellable from the day you start it. Yeah, that's great advice. And Alex, you're, you know, you're on the younger side of being an entrepreneur, and you're quite the entrepreneur, but you, but you get it, you know. So important. Uh, you know, you keep clean books and the records. And, and I don't know how you plan without knowing the value of your business. I mean, if it's 10 years out, if yeah. you're thinking retirement, you want to can take a snapshot every couple of years. Yeah, absolutely. And people that walk in my door and even very successful entrepreneurs, probably 75%, this is true, mm. don't know the value of their business. They sit in front of me. Sometimes Man. it's good. Sometimes right. it's a bad story. Right. I try to look, this is just a, I try to look at my um, projections every quarter, like intensely. I look every month at our reports, yeah. but our projections every quarter. And then I look every year at our year over year year over year scalability. So can we scale our percentages going down if we scale profitability percentages? If we do go to from X to more revenue, is it going to make us a lot less profitable? That's something maybe maybe we should talk about that actually. A lot of people think that growing is just always better. No, not and necessarily that's not, not necessarily the case. Um, a good scenario is a friend of mine and I talk about the scenario. Would you rather be a $10 million company that makes 20% or a $5 million company that makes 40%. Yeah, you have, you have a good point. And, and one of the things people don't realize sometimes their own limitations, this isn't derogatory, but some people can't manage it once it's above a certain size. That's a great point. Going, going back to the guy that you know, repaired Sub-Zero freezers, you know, he had four total employees and he could, he could have grown two or three times that easily. But, that but he was, said, I make plenty of money. I yeah. don't want the headaches. Sure. And, there, and there's people I sold a business down in Charleston that, that they grew it to a certain level, did a nice job of it. They said, either either we gotta we're gonna sell, we want to sell to expand it further because it has a lot of potential. But we don't. And I give them all the credit. We don't have the capabilities to grow it to, to the grow next level. So they actually ended up staying with the buyer. Oh, did they? Yeah, but but they they want to sell it because they said we're over we're over our heads right yeah, now. Yeah, self awareness <laughs> is so important with that. Yeah, yeah, I, that's a great point too. Is there's no right or wrong answer for how big a business no. is like, you know, 50 employees is not success and f- two is not, you know, I, we hear that in landscaping a lot. You don't know this probably, but 
well, I just, I just don't want to grow my company over four people because I don't want to deal, I don't, I don't want to deal with anybody. Well, that's not the right answer. Not, yeah. not being afraid to deal with employees is not the right answer. But what you're saying is right. Capabilities is the answer. Right. I don't have the capability. I don't have the um, bandwidth, the, the, the energy. That's a, that's a completely different answer. Fine. Okay. That's great. But don't, don't be scared of growing. Just right. be scared of growing. I, I couldn't agree more with that. And, and don't and don't grow just to grow. Don't grow just that's the yeah. That, that's what you see sometimes. Well, I want to be a three million dollar landscaping company. Right. No rhyme, no reason besides it's a magic number. Right. And 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 again, there's nothing wrong with this. You know, I know I'll do my limitations of what I do. If you don't have the capability to manage a bigger company, sure, you're going to go under probably. Yeah, they're not giving. I, I told a guy this. Um, I had a guy who told me he wanted. Uh, this is actually a funny story, David. I had a guy who kind of mentored me in landscaping and he might listen to the show. So he might laugh at me and call me after he hears the story. Um, he said, I want to be the best landscaping company in Columbia. And I said, what does that mean? Yeah. And he goes, well, I want people to look at the yards I do and think he's the best. I said, no one's giving you a trophy. Yeah. <laughs> I said, if you're working 70 hours a week and you're the best landscaper, no one's coming around patting you on the back. Right. You know, because I was trying to explain to him like workflow balance, you know, work life balance. I was like, you need to work 50 hours a week and be home two night, two days and not work because no one's giving you a trophy, you know, and that's what you're saying about the sales thing is who cares if you're a three million dollar company, if you're not making a profit and not having a normal life. I talked to a guy not to keep talking, but this is so interesting because I just had like three conversations about this last week that I didn't realize. I talked to a guy yesterday that said, I don't know what to do. I'm working 70 hours a week and I feel like I can't get out. He was, his business trapped him. Yeah. And I know you hear that all the time from owners who are trying to get out because they, they just don't know how to escape. So that's a question I have for you, David, is what do you recommend? You've met a ton of business owners now. What's the major two flaws you've seen that where the business encompasses their life instead of as an asset to their life? Well, well, first off, (laughs) I want to point out somebody we both know, one of the most successful realtors in the country, who yeah. we, we both know, and he doesn't work after six o'clock at night. Mm. As a real estate agent, you think they all show houses at night because he wants to be there with his family. Right. He limits his weekends. So you can be successful without working. I didn't know he had that rule to himself. I didn't know that. Yeah. I had a yeah, long story. I had a friend that was looking, listing a house, wanted to meet after six. He goes, no, that's my family time. Mm, that's awesome. So that's good. Yeah. It's, it's great. It's also, you know, kind of courageous. Hey, yes. man, I'm not going to meet you because that's my family. Right. Maybe I'll lose a listing office. He doesn't lose many. But, no, uh, he's amazing. But, but the two flaws I would say in a business is a, not building it with a team of, to, to, that could succeed you. Because, you know, because if somebody's buying your business most of the time, and again, let's go back to your family's business. They're buying the employees as well because, you know, they're tough to find right, right. now. Amazing. If you have, if you have a good, if you, the business should be able to succeed with you stepping away. It's a phenomenal point. Some people think oh, I, I want to be the man. I have to be the yeah. man. It's got to revolve around me. That's the worst way to build a business. Right. It's got to be a business that you can walk away from, and a new owner can come in and be comfortable. It's going to keep running in the same yeah. way. We, there's what I call me-centric businesses where if they walked away, there would be a problem. Mm. So you need to start building a team so they have trouble selling it. You need to build a good team, a good general manager, whatever your company level is. Somebody, you know, let, let them behind, peek behind the sheets. Let them know how your businesses are on. Maybe not necessarily all your financials, but man, Generically, bring, yeah. them, bring them to your capability. Yeah. And the other thing is we've talked before is books and records. I mean, you know, I tell you, most people, 
I don't know how you do it or if you have a bookkeeper, but we a book, have an accountant and a, and a book, bookkeeper, bookkeeper yeah. because you wouldn't have time to do it because I know no. how fast you run or hard you run. No. Again, you can't afford not to have one if you're going to no, sell your business no. one day. No, because even with the tax issues, you know, there's you can't if you, your business the dynamite that can blow your business up is a random tax bill that you didn't know you had. Goodness, talk about cash flow killer. Yeah, you know, twelve thousand dollar tax bill that you didn't expect. Ex- yeah, but your account, you know, if you have a good bookkeeper and accountant, they knew. But what you just said, I kind of want to end with that, David. Talked about building a team. Well, I had a, fr- I, I told uh, my team last year. Um, I said I should be able to go on a vacation for a week if we have a good business, a healthy business. Excuse me, not good, but healthy, and not feel like the world's going to fall. You know, Absolutely. Underneath. And and that's that was a goal for us last year. Um, last year was my first, eh, two years ago, I hired my first manager, but last year was where I had more than one. And, uh, Chris, our producer here, and then Travis, and we just hired our second manager that we're excited about as well. But I couldn't agree with you more. And I, I, I hope people listening to this episode, no matter how big your company is, you still have a team. Right. Um, I, I'll, I'll give a shout out to one guy who's been on the podcast. His name's Trey Lambert. He, um, has become a buddy of mine. I, Got connected with him, business coaching. He's in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Okay. He's 28 years old, and he's got a team of three or four guys, but he has done a really good job of the size of the teams, the unimportant, but the culture and the, you know, he can go, he goes on business trips, he goes, and he knows it's still going to get done because he's done a really nice job of the team aspect like you're talking about. And and shout out to my parents' business again. You're right. Like, they didn't miss a beat, man. Like, when they sold, like- I thought, man, this this could be a challenge, but the new owner has done a phenomenal job. First off, um, Ken Appleton, he really at the business side, he's done phenomenal. He uh, stepped right in, and and his the team has done great. Yeah, yeah, honestly, in that scenario, your parents had such a good depth of mm-hmm. employees. Ken stepped started stepping away right away. He had yeah. a vacation planned already. Right. He had trips planned, and right. that's the type of business people look for. Well, and that's that's what we need to leave the listeners on is is creating a business that people want to buy and creating a business that is buyable. And you're saying with good books, with a team structure, um, what else am I missing that you're saying is important with that? Well, report your cash. And if I could, before we end, if I could say something kind of encouraging because you sell a lot of trade, you have a lot of trades or services yes. in here. Your business has value if you right. build it right. A lot of people think, well, when I'm, th- you know, I'm through landscaping or I'm through being a plumber, you know, we just close the business down. Gosh, I've seen too many of that, not too much of that as well. I mean, man, you may believe in a hundred, two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars on the table and don't even know it. Right. That's uh, it's phenomenal. Yep. Awesome, David. So phenomenal, phenomenal information. So, David, tell people if they're interested because you do do sales throughout the. Yeah. Are you regional or? Um, yeah, we're the, we we can operate throughout the state. Okay, so it's South Carolina. Yeah, we have a lot of listeners in South Carolina. We have a lot in Greenville, yeah, uh, which is our northern. For people who are not listening, it's our northern big city in our state. And then we have a lot in Charleston. We are de- we get, we're able to see our data of listeners. So if anyone wants to get in contact with you, David, how can they do so? It's uh, my my number is eight zero three two zero one two nine four six. I'll repeat that if you don't mind eight zero three two zero one two nine four six. Or it's d.smith. He is a david.smith at murphybusiness.com. Perfect, David. Well, David, again, thank you for being on the Down to Business podcast, where your business is our business. We get in the ABCs of business, and we talk about how to make you a better business owner, leader, and person of finance and marketing. Hope you have a great day, listeners. Join us next week for next week's episode. Um, Always dropping on Mondays, anywhere you listen to podcasts, and have a great rest of your day.